0: Okay, so we're in Colossians chapter 1, verses 24 through 29. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions. For the sake of his body, that is, the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you, to make the word of God fully known, the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. To them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom, that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy, that he powerfully works within me. Okay, so let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time in your word, for our fellowship, I ask that you open our eyes and our ears and our hearts, uh, that we may receive your word humbly, and uh, please challenge us and convict us of, of your truth, and um, help us apply what we learn today throughout our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So the first point that pops out immediately is the suffering of Paul. Paul says that he rejoices in the suffering for, for, the, for the sake of the church. So my question is, how was Paul suffering, and how did we suffer? Uh, Paul's suffering is very similar to what we see today in the Middle East or where Christianity is prohibited. Because at the time, Christians were persecuted, and they are persecuted uh, harshly up until the 2nd century. So, uh, But what, what we do know is that Paul was imprisoned. He was thrown in prison. He was homeless. Um, he suffered a lot of uh, physical word? Yeah, physical elements, and um element, Is it elements. I said it right the first time. Right? <laughs> can see this? I'm gonna cut this part off. So yeah, he was. He suffered a lot physically. Um, although we don't suffer here in America like he did, we still do suffer. So we can't we can't just immediately think, oh well, since we don't suffer, um, this doesn't apply to us. Because in many cases we do suffer. Uh, there's businesses today that have been shut down. Because um, someone holds to Christian beliefs and Christian values, uh, it wasn't that long ago when, when the lady in uh, I believe it was North Carolina, where she was thrown in prison for not giving, uh, for not marrying two homosexuals, and uh, th- there was a way to just impeach her and have her go through that process, but instead they just threw her in prison. Uh, so we're not we're not that far away from this kind of experience that Paul's that Paul's having in his time that Paul was having in his time. Uh, but how do we suffer? Um, I think most people will say that that we suffer by um, by being ridiculed or insulted, or or have insults thrown at us in the workplace, or even in uh, education. Christianity is not it, it's 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 taught to be irrelevant to to today's uh, society. Uh, Christians are made fun of in the media. There's that as well. But I think. Uh, what, what, what probably hits home the most is that we can't be Christians in America without how we're commanded to be, because we will have to endure some kind of uh, persecution in some regard, and in that we can only think how bad it is, how bad it will be for our kids in the future. If it's like this now, imagine 10, 20 years from now. Um, other examples that we see in, uh, in the Bible when Paul suffers is in 2 Timothy uh, 2.10. It's one of my favorite passages. I'll just really, really quick uh, read it very quickly and move on. Second Timothy two ten. Therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. So Paul had the elect in mind when he was in prison and when he was suffering, and so he thought he thought that. The work that he's doing for the church Was worth all the suffering that he's actually going through Which leads us to our next point Is uh, the way to To rejoice in your temporary suffering Is to be eternal minded And we'll go over that later But for now I want you to think about uh, When was the last time You actually went through something A trial or a, sh- a struggle And how did you respond Did you respond the way how Paul did By rejoicing in it Or did you respond sinfully By um, either getting angry or feeling bad for yourself or uh, or putting the Bible aside. I know for me personally, when I, was, uh, when I first started going to RBC, I was in a very dark place. My trust in God uh, became very little. Um, just knowing that my family was going to struggle and I couldn't provide, I wouldn't be able to provide the way how I should, uh, really got me down. Um, even apart from that, I, my prayer life, was almost gone, and I was um, starting to get depressed again. We were missing church, you know, one, two Sundays at a time. Uh, and then when I would go to church, it would be at the very end, just so I could do communion and then leave. So I was in a very dark place when I first started going to RBC, and what I, what I should have done, instead of doing what I did, what I should have done was reach out to you guys as my brothers and open up to you guys, like what Isaiah said earlier. Um, we are a family here, and we should open up to one another. And um, so th- that's how I responded. With, that's how I responded in my last biggest trial that I had. Um, so I want you guys to think about how did you guys respond, and knowing what you know now, how would you respond differently? If you know that you if, if you know that you didn't respond well, how would how would you respond um, now that you know that we should rejoice in our sufferings? And uh, another thing that I want, I want think, that I want you guys to think about. Is whenever we uh, whenever we begin a race, what do you think about the most? So imagine you're you're at a starting line, and you're about to and you're about to run, okay. And you have people beside you that are competing against you, right? What what are you thinking of? You're thinking of staying ahead of them and finishing the race, right? Or if it's a marathon, you know it's not really about being on first place, but as long as you finished, right? So all you're thinking about is finishing the race But what you don't think about is the suffering that comes with it You don't think about that side ache you might get halfway through Or feeling dehydrated Or feeling like you're about to pass out But as Christians we should think about those things before, before the race uh, We should expect <coughs> uh, trials and struggles in our life um, Being married, the worst thing you could do just tell yourself that it's going to be like a fairy tale because it won't be like a fairy tale. You're going to experience hardships, and the same thing—the same—the same thing applies with the Christian life. Just because you, just because you become a Christian does not mean that your life is always going to be happy. Okay, Um you will. see... Well, it could be happy if you always have joy in Christ, but the reality is that we're still going to face struggles and trials and tribulations. So we should always expect that and be prepared for that. Paul here was suffering for the church and he was rejoicing in it we could we could at least get his example and try to apply it to our lives now if we move on in verse 24 Paul says this In my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is, the church now we can see how how many will misinterpret that to, to somehow say that Paul is teaching a grace plus work salvation and that's not the case at all. We know by other passages in the Bible, even by Paul's own writing, that what Christ said on the cross was enough, that we're not saved by works at all. So what could Paul mean by by, by writing this? First of all, uh, Christ meant what he said. In John 19, when he said, it is finished, he actually meant it. Secondly, Paul's sacrifice or suffering was not, was not to take away the sin of the world. Thirdly, it was Christ's sacrifice. That takes away the sin of the world. So our sacrifices don't take away sin at all, uh, but Christ's sacrifice did. And fourthly, the cross of Christ does not deliver its message on its own, but uses others. To, but uses others to do uh, to do this work. So let's go to Romans chapter ten, starting in verse fourteen. Romans ten fourteen, how then will they call on Him? What Paul is basically basically saying is that he suffered to carry on the work which God has ordained him to do in spreading the gospel of Christ. Christ's mission was to die for every single individual the Father elected him in every single generation that has lived on this earth. Paul's Paul's mission, which is our mission as well, is to preach the message of the cross to every single man, woman, and child in, in our generation. Christ fulfilled his mission. Can we fulfill ours? So if you think about it, it's our work that's truly lacking. But Christ's work was complete and fulfilled. He actually accomplished what he came to do. What Paul is basically saying here is that he's rejoicing in the suffering and spreading the gospel and edifying the church. And that's how how we ought to be, too. Also, Paul speaks about this mystery. What is the mystery that Paul is speaking of? Uh, John Calvin writes that that the mystery is threefold. It's first about how God previously governed His Church in the Old Testament with, quote, "...under dark coverings both of words and of ceremonies," end quote, to suddenly govern the Church, quote, "...in full brightness by means of the doctrine of the Gospel," end quote. Secondly, it's about Christ being fully revealed as opposed to only having shadows or images of truth. And lastly, which I think is what Paul means the most, in this passage at least, is is that it reveals that the whole world, which had been up to this time estranged from God, is called to the hope of salvation, and the same inheritance of eternal life is offered to all. So before it seemed like salvation was only for Israel, but um, but now suddenly it's for, our, for Gentiles as well. We no longer have to be part of the nation of Israel to be saved or to be children of God. Uh, Thankfully, what Christ said on the cross was offered up for every single, individ- or for every single uh, nation, tribe, and tongue uh, around the world. Um, so, but to summarize, to summarize the mystery and what it, what it means, uh, we can go to Ephesians chapter, chapter 3, verse 6. And Paul clearly uh, defines the mystery here. He writes, This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. So one more time, the mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. If you read uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, all the way to the uh, half of uh, Ephesians 3, uh, you see covenant theology there, and you see how, how God has united two people, the uh, Israelites and the Gentiles, to be one body, to be one man in Christ Jesus. And that's what the mystery is. The mystery is that now Gentiles are fellow heirs. So that was the first portion of what we read. Now let's, let's read uh, verse 27 through 29 in Colossians chapter 1. To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which Christ is in you, the hope of glory. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom, that we may present everyone mature in Christ, for this I toil, struggling with all his energy, that he powerfully works within me." So before we, we talk about endurance, that's our last uh, point for this for this study, um, I want to talk about one thing that he mentions. So let me ask by saying, where does your hope lie? Who and what do you have your hope in? Now the obvious answer is going to be Christ, but I think we skip over. These little phrases that Paul, likes to, that Paul likes to include in his writings. You know, everything that Paul writes could be summarized in about two sentences, but he expands it to a whole chapter or paragraph. Like this little phrase right here, when he says, uh, Christ in you, the hope of glory. What he's saying is that the only way that we can go into glory is through Christ. Christ being our hope of glory is, uh, it means that it's only through Christ, it's only through Him that, we will, that we'll ever see glory. So there's no works involved at all. There's, there's nothing that we can do in, uh, in ourselves to achieve glory. Christ is our only hope. He's our only hope of glory. With that being said, how do we endure with that in mind? So I, I just went ahead and, and I was knocking down works but yet Paul talks about enduring and struggling and, uh, and how he toils. So how do we endure? I believe Paul lays out at least three different things in this, in this portion of Scripture. And, uh, and, and these things could, probably, could hopefully help us endure whenever we struggle, any kind of suffering or trial. First, we must focus on the finish. And I get that from verse 28, when Paul says, "...him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom, that we may present everyone mature in Christ." Now that word "mature," I believe, is better translated as "perfect," and and the Greek is actually "perfect." And uh, most of the commentators I've read actually that, Paul, that what Paul's saying here is that he's, he wants everyone to be presented perfectly in Christ, in glory. Uh, just the context points us in that direction. So what Paul is saying is that he wants us to warn everyone, teach everyone, so that eventually they could be presented before, uh, in Christ perfectly. In glory. So whenever, whenever you're discipling someone and they're having a hard time understanding or, or whenever, whenever you're trying to love someone, whether it be your wife, husband or parents, and you're trying your, and trying your best just to do whatever you can to, uh, to point them to Christ, it's going to be hard at, at first and you might struggle a lot but then you're thinking about the end result. You're thinking about them being before God perfect because of Christ. And that's what Paul had in mind. So he was focused on the finish, and that was helping him endure through it all. Secondly, is to be eternally minded. Earlier I talked about how we'll touch up on this a little bit more. So let's go to Romans chapter 8, uh, verse 18. It says this. Again, it's Romans chapter 8, 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. And it's one of it's one of those verses that people always go to when they're whenever they're struggling. It does help us to keep our mind off the earthly things and 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 helps and helps us think about the eternal things. It reminds us that this is not our home; that our home is in heaven. So these sufferings that we go through now aren't even uh, worth comparing. Paul says Uh, the one example that I could think about as far as as far as being eternally minded and um, at least here on earth and and a, I guess an example, an analogy that we could use right now is when, a, when for example, when Liz, my wife, got, got pregnant and, she, and she, was, she had to carry around a baby for nine months and there was many times where she was uncomfortable and she was in pain and then going through labor but once we, once we saw our son Eli, it's like none of that mattered anymore. All that pain and all, all that discomfort she experienced didn't really matter because we, we had our baby boy in our hands so in that kind of way, you could be eternally minded when you're going through the sufferings here on this earth in this present time and, and you're hurting if you could just think about eternity um, you'll suddenly realize that these sufferings aren't even worth comparing to eternity Hopefully that makes sense uh, There's a lot of good writings on being eternally minded by the Puritans I think, I think their perspective of, of, of endurance and suffering really helped me personally uh, There's Jonathan Edwards, that was really good if you guys want, you guys can look up Joe Beaky and look up uh, um, Eternal Mindedness on Google or Sermon Audio, and I'm sure you'll find a, you'll, you'll find some really good sermons on that. So again, how to endure? The first one was being, was focusing on the finish. Secondly, was to be eternally minded. Lastly, which I think is very important, is uh, trusting in the work of the Holy Spirit, or trusting the Holy Spirit to keep you, like God's Word says He would. Uh, let's look at verse twenty nine in, in, uh, in Colossians chapter one. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. so if you're a wonder how Paul did it, how did he go through all this and how was he still able to write most of the a good portion of the New Testament and um, and having all this wisdom and and rejoicing in his struggling? and rejoicing in his suffering, how did he actually go through all of it? Was was it because he was just an apostle? Was it because he was special in some way? Um, Was it because he was just mentally strong? Uh, Was there something different about him? Those thoughts are are what people usually say about the apostles. Because he was an apostle, he had some kind of special connection with God. But in all reality, he's doing what, what we should be doing, is trusting the Holy Spirit. It almost seems like he's boasting in this portion of the scripture. He says, look, I'm struggling for you. I'm doing all this for you. But then at the very end, he says... It's with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. So it's all by God's grace and, about, and, about, and his power that keeps Paul going. And, it's, and it's, the same spirit, it's the same spirit and the same power that keeps us going as well. And that's what encourage us. We have to trust in the Holy Spirit whenever we go through uh, trials and tribulations. Paul uh, relied on the Holy Spirit in his ministry uh, up until death. And um, if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit's work, Paul wouldn't, Paul wouldn't have done any of this. And Paul, and Paul actually believes that. You could see, you know, we, could, we could look at his other writings, and he still gives God all the glory. In Corinthians he says that it's by the grace of God that, that He is who He is. Um, and uh, to the Philippians he writes that, that, that we should work out our, our salvation with fear and trembling, but we, all, we must also know that it's by, it's by the power of God that works within us. So all glory goes to God. So just a quick overview of the study of tonight's lesson was first, uh, suffering for the sake of the church. Secondly, was the mystery that Paul always, uh, that, that Paul's referring to. And lastly, it was about enduring for the sake of the church. Let's pray so we can close. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for, for another time of um, just reading your word and learning more about you. I pray that you remind us of what we learned today. Thank you for revealing yourself to us and for your grace and your mercy in our lives. We ask that you help us endure and we ask for wisdom when we proclaim you and teach and warn everyone about you. Uh, remind us that we that, they're, that that we're on a mission to gather your elect and to preach to all men and women and children the gospel. Just thank you so much for for our brother Paul, who who you used in a great way to to, to write to different churches, and thank you so much for sustaining the, your word. And for uh, building us up uh, with it, thank you so much for your son, for his gospel. Thank you so much for the Holy Spirit for working in us and keeping us. And um, and thank you for for all that you've done. And above all, uh, we just want your will to be done. Just thank you, pray, amen.